Oh, I'll go get it. Hello and welcome. I'm Roberta Walker and this is Digging Deep. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers who've been working in the field for over 25 years. Through this podcast, Digging Deep, we'll bring to you our knowledge, our challenges, our foibles, our stories, and our ideas to help you create the most unique landscape for you and your family. So the world is um, globally shut down, sheltering in place. Yes, we're all sheltering in place, including Roberta and myself. Yes, we're um, more than six feet apart. I don't know how many miles we are apart, but quite a few. But we have come together because it's so important right now to acknowledge the we, we've been hearing the news and we know all about the deaths and the infections and the lack of medical supplies. I mean, what's going on is is really um, catastrophic, catastrophic and something we haven't seen before. So Michael and I were talking about um, is there a silver lining to this? And and I feel that there are so there's a silver lining on many levels. First of all, the environment. Now that we've shut down with all the carbon and the cars and the ships and 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 all that, the atmosphere is cleaning and clearing. And um, there's the people in China who um, have recovered, but because the air is clear, they're gonna stay healthy much longer because they're not breathing this in. So there's that. And there's also the fact that people are getting back down to their roots. Right, Michael? Absolutely. And one of the things that I was telling Roberta, which was interesting, is I went to a friend who also owns a very small uh, business. Um, and it was a, it's a tack warehouse. And she was commenting that because of all of the shows, the horse shows that she usually attends and sells her products, um, she's now at home and she doesn't cook. Um, she usually, because she's always gone, she always brings in, but now she's stuck at home and she's sheltering in. And she said, I would love to grow some vegetables. I would love to be able to grow something. I don't know the first thing about it. Would you post a video? Would you do a podcast? Would you talk about simple things like just how to grow a vegetable or what medium to grow a vegetable in? And then several other clients have been saying to me, you know what, we know what's going on, but we would love to see some beautiful pictures of landscapes. We would like to get some recommendations on things to plant, things of that nature, so that we're inspired. So basically, we're, we're getting, again, um, focusing on what we can do while we're at home and becoming sustainable. I've often, I, I speak regularly um, about garden design. And I remind people that we have the potential of being so sustainable with our landscapes. Even if you have a small balcony, you can get a half uh, wine barrel and plant up tomatoes. Absolutely. There's there's um, so many ways that you could be growing um, in your yard and bringing forth fruit. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Not so much about design because um, you know, if you don't have a garden and you, you, you're just going to clear a space and put one in, that's okay. But if you do have space, you might want to mark that out as the garden. And if you have pets and animals, you want to keep them out because in particular, cats, raccoons, and possums think you're creating a new cat box to poop in. Right. So but in addition to not only doing a garden, even if you just want some color, some perennial color and flowers. And the one thing that I will say is for those people that have done a lot with their yard and they just have some finishing touches, go ahead and do it now because one of the things that, as we know, travel 
people aren't traveling. You're basically for the next several months going to be vacationing in your own backyard. So if you can create an environment, you don't mind being there and you enjoy being there, whether just to vegetable garden or to see flowers and color and and interest, um, you're going to feel like you're on vacation or or at least it's an opportunity. You will. And one thing I've always done is I've planted, I've mixed flowers with herbs. And um, it, that way you could um, be have an edible garden and something that's lovely as well. And there's many bet, um, you know, flowers and herbs that complement, like calendula. Calendula are those beautiful bright orange and yellow flowers. And calendula, the, the petals are actually edible as well. They look beautiful in salads. And so are nasturtiums are another option. So do nasturtiums and... Yep. Uh, and so if you interplant them with, um, with your thyme and oregano and parsley and chives, you can have a beautiful flowering herb garden. Right. And thyme is beautiful. Rosemary right now is in full bloom, whether it be trailing or the upright rosemary. It's blues and purples a little bit. Some of them are even whites, but the blues are vivid. And I mean, how wonderful is that? You get flowers and color and a nice scent, and then you can dry it and use it for cooking. That, right. I mean, it's a win all the way around. Well, there's one more win, and that is that the bees love it. And so they're helping to pollinate everything around, um, uh, you know, around the garden if you have any fruit trees. But, um, and lavender is the same way. The bees love that and salvia. So there's, there's just so many ways you could be um, giving to your family and also giving to the environment and giving to the little flying people. Absolutely. So, so, um, so anyway, I did something that I've been wanting to do for years and I've always been afraid to do it. Even me, I've been gardening for many, many years, but here's what I did. I planted asparagus. Wow. Yes. So asparagus, once you plant asparagus and you, and you plant it right. And I watched three different YouTube, um, videos to make sure I did it right. You will have asparagus for the next 20 years. However, you don't really harvest it till the second year and then the third year is when you really start harvesting it. So I had this raised bed that just, I had all kinds of things that went wild in there and they look beautiful, but they were wild. And I thought, all right, I'm getting down to it. So I cleaned it out. I hauled in new soil and then put in the asparagus. So I would never have done that had we not been in shutdown. (laughs) I wouldn't have had the time. And where where did you find the the were they seeds or starts no, or so asparagus will come in boxes and, and the roots are dried. I bought mine at a local nursery and they usually come ten to a box and it's really important that you do watch a YouTube video because you spread them out and you build you dig uh, twelve inches down you build a mound in the middle and then you spread the roots out so they're kind of like curling around the mound and then you bring the soil back up. And as they grow, you keep adding soils. So you're up, you know, you're going to be adding eventually six more inches, but then you're done. Then you're done. Then you have, well, the first year is just going to grow. You don't harvest it. The second year, you could harvest a few. The third year, you're on it. And you know how much, I don't care where you are in the United States, asparagus is not cheap. Yeah, and it's, but it's delicious. It's delicious is right. So anyway, 
Um, that's that's a new addition to my garden. And um, out here, we're in California, and our temperatures go, are going into the 70s. So I'm saying that uh, after this weekend's rains, uh, my tomatoes, my cucumbers, and my squash will be going into the ground. It's probably early, too early um, back east. But what you can do, certainly, is be starting your um, your seeds. Yeah, your seeds in, in a window. Right. And a lot of people, that the reason I... I quickly interjected seeds is my daughter was getting bored and she said she wants to grow something and she wants to start from seeds. I'm lazy. I usually start, I already go to the nursery and get a two inch, four inch, six inch pot of already started plant. Well, she wanted to start them from seeds. So what we did was we found um, egg cartons and actually added some soil in the egg cartons, took a couple of seeds, put it, put two or three per egg carton, you know, in, in the little where the eggs go and then, um, watered them, put them on what Roberta was saying right by the window. And every day we've been watering them and they're coming up. I mean, she did some cat grass and that was amazing. I mean, they love that. Yeah. It's only been a week and it's already like three, four inches long and the cats are already munching out on it. Yeah. They love it. Michael is your, um, is, was the egg carton, was that styrofoam or paper? Paper. Okay, so with paper people, what you could do when those seedlings get big enough is you could cut the individual cups and plant the whole paper with the plant in it. You don't have to take the plant out of the paper cup. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's in an egg carton. You don't want to use a regular paper cup because they're lined with wax, which inhibits water. So, I mean, this is something that, again, since I spent a lot of time designing gardens, as is Roberta, and I do more ornamentals, learning about vegetable gardening, especially starting, as I said, I'm lazy, so I always get the bigger stuff. So starting from a seed and watching them. And I mean, the satisfaction, I will tell you, is amazing putting these little seeds into the egg cartons and then three days, four days later, you're actually seeing them germinate. Um, what a trip. I mean, it is, it's such a rush to see well, it and you feel, and you feel powerful. Well, yeah. And not only that, if you want to look back historically um, to pre-Christian times, even um, it was at this time of year, of course there was no Easter, right? Cause Jesus hadn't been born yet. Um, so there was none of that celebration, but there, what there was because each, um, each season was celebrated and spring was about rebirth. And when things got warm and the sun came out and the rains came, spring happened and plants grew and thus people were able to survive. It was all about food, survival and food. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's what we celebrate or the world celebrates as Easter before that was the um, was the fact that we've come out of the sleep or death of winter into um, regrowth and um, health and being able to eat. Remember, people were just storing what they could over the winter because there's nothing nothing growing. Um, and so it's just a wonderful celebration. So that's a little bit of historical, but it's it's certainly... I think that the the joy of bringing forth fruit in your own garden stands as one of the really lovely things. I agree. And 
you know, we talked a little bit before then while we were talking about vegetable gardening, a little bit I mentioned about color and flowers. And I have to say, right now, the perennials are coming up as well as the roses. Mm -hmm. um, I have a Julia Child rose that I just planted. And I will say I counted 30 buds that are about ready to pop open, as well as all the different roses. Um, and then, as you mentioned before, it, it's an herb, but the salvia is blooming. I found a new variety, Killer Cranberry, that is this bright red that would blow the socks off of anyone if they like color. And again, in, in today's times, anything that's invigorating, color and flowers, it just makes you, it calms the nerves, it helps you with the anxiety, and it just makes you feel good. Yeah, it's wonderful. And again, for everybody in the Midwest, further east, this is... Um, this is all about what's to come for you, but it is the time where you want to start planning. You want to plan about what you want to grow, the space that you have, and if you do have a garden, um, most gardeners know this, but if, if you're new to gardening, it's this. If you're growing tomatoes in a certain area, the next year you want to grow it in a different area. So it's called rotating your crops. And even if your crops are just, you know, three by six planting beds, what happens and, uh, with the tomato in particular, they are vigorous feeders. They just love compost. They love nit nitrogen. They love that stuff. So they'll pretty much leach everything out of the soil. So unless you repair the soil with compost and food, um, you don't want to put a tomato back in there. You want to, um, you know, you still still replace your soil with good um, compost and whatnot. But rotate your beds. That's, that's right. The way to do it because basically what she's saying is they're depleting when they the first year they deplete a lot of those nutrients, and so you're going to be putting them in there in kind of a flat. It it doesn't have the nutrients and the, and the food that that the plants really need. Right. And here's something else that's really important about gardening. Everybody gets it wrong, okay? Everybody gets it wrong because nature, the thing about gardening is you garden and you see what works. So you might have something that you've put in a place that's not getting enough light and it's just not bearing fruit. It's okay. You're not a failure. Next year, you're going to put it in a place where it gets more light. So please Absolutely. don't worry about having to do it perfect and bringing forth these monster vegetables that you see, you know, people producing online. It doesn't always happen. In fact, it rarely happens. And then when it does happen, sometimes you invite your neighborhood pest to start eating your beautiful vegetables. So it's all part of the process. But the, the joy is in learning. And even make notes. <laughs> and I do want to say something to some of the people out there that um, gardeners right now are still working. Uh, they're considered essential uh, businesses, and so are landscape contractors. This is a this is a uh, unprecedented time on on so many levels. But the one thing that you have to also understand is. Recently, before this all came about, prices were just getting higher and higher because construction was very viable. There was a lot of construction projects and contractors could pick from the ones that they wanted. So their prices kept going up as well as materials. Well, now that everything's at a standstill, trying to tell some of the clients that if you have the money and you don't have to interact really with the contractors, now is a great time to think about putting that project um, into fruition and actually doing it because like one of the contractors that I know, he gave out uh, three to four bids and the people all stalled out and waited and 
he he pays his guys. They're not on an hourly; they're on a salary. So he's paying them to sit around. And so he did. He, what he did was he sent out to the the different clients that he gave bids to. He said, "The first two of you that sign up with me and want to start their jobs, I'm going to give you between ten and fifteen percent off the cost of the of the job, which is unheard of because." Before that, everything just kept getting higher and higher. And now some of the suppliers are also saying about materials, we're going to drop the price of the materials because they're just sitting on the shelves. Right. So They're being forced this, to. Exactly. So this is the first time in years, I can honestly tell you that you actually could get a good financial deal putting in your landscape, buying materials, um, even though it's very scary times, but you can set it up that you don't have a lot of interaction with your contractor, you know, talk to them on the phone, um, through a door or anything, but you can finally save some money and get a deal on your landscape that once this is over, the prices are going to go sky high because there's going to be so many people that want to do their work. Okay. Now, if you're a person who's not putting in a landscape and you want to have a raised garden, um, let me tell you the easiest way to do this. And it's really wonderful as well. Michael, you've probably seen this as well. Many stores, not to mention, um, you know, go shopping online, sell these um, metal brackets that look like an L, except they're both equal in distance. And right. um, they sell four of them so that, and in each one, if you if you cup your hands, you know, you could slide a piece of wood between them. These are brackets that hold the wood that make an instant raised box. So um, there's many different varieties, but they're basically corners. They're corners that are that, that you could slide the wood in. So if, if you're a do it yourselfer or if you are um, like so many people impacted by the um, economic shutdown, you know, so many businesses and waitresses and and uh, just so many people are impacted that if you just um, if you if you have some wood around or you have some wood cut, you could buy these corners from almost any local supply uh, garden store and build a raised bed. And by by putting in some good soil. A, a good planting mix of potting soil and then buying some starts, it's going to help a little bit towards easing the pain of what's going on right now. Absolutely. And I had talked about who I was telling Roberta, also horse troughs. Um, for those of us that have horses that work with livestock, they come in all different sizes. They're galvanized metal. They You drill them with, with holes in the bottom. You run drip tubes up there. And you can get just the, a two-foot round um, that's two foot um, high, or you can do an eight foot long oval, six foot oval. The neat thing about these are these, you can plant a lot more, more vegetables in them. Um, I've got one right by my outdoor kitchen that's eight foot long, and I've got some tomatoes and beans and everything. And considering the Fact and, and Roberta's suggestion was great because you can do it with scrap wood, but if you want something permanent and a lot bigger, um, a raised planter in wood tends to be expensive, but those horse troughs are under $100, and they even deliver them. Right, and something that's very important is you have to drill holes in the bottom because these horse troughs are or sheep troughs are made to hold water. So yes, they yes. are sealed, and if you don't drill the bottom, it'll hold water and it will rot 
your beautiful vegetables. So exactly. You need so to that's be able what, to what I did is I put like three or four holes in the bottom. I put a little bit of gravel on top of that landscape fabric. So the gravel didn't go through the holes and then my dirt on there. And it's amazing. I mean, they, they drain beautifully, but you, and you don't have to bend and, and it's just a very easy way. You see them a lot um, in California and Napa Valley there. A lot of the vineyards are starting to put those out there for their, their vegetable gardening and even um, flowers and plants around their, their grapes because they look so attractive. They do. And also you can buy a, a metal spray paint. So you could spray paint them any color. You could paint flowers on them. You could do mosaics. They're, they're really handy. But we're, um, looks like we're running out of time. We're going to do a second podcast um, the following week to follow up and, and go into more detail with this. But if you have any questions or comments or things that you want us to talk about, you could go to our website, which is diggingdeep.blueberry, which is B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot net, and leave us a comment, and we will deal with it. So that's our show. Um, Absolutely. And we are going to continue this because um, we're all at home. Let's garden. Let's bring forth fruit. And flowers and color and, and um, some good 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 times. And butterflies. So I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. And we are digging, digging deep. Thank you for listening. 